0: back across the tracks and i'm steve
1: hey and i'm wayne and for another
0: episode
1: of across the tracks podcast great to be here again coming to you in cyberspace and uh it was a great week last week Uh, i spent a few days in san diego working took in the sunshine, the uh, Pacific Ocean, and great seafood in San Diego. So it was always good. And uh, I wasn't that far from Miramar uh, Marine Corps Air Station, so the jets were flying. And I, I'm always excited when I see jets flying. So it was it was a double treat. So
0: <laughs> how, how about that new Top Gun that's coming out next the year? Maverick. Top, Gun, Top Gun Maverick. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I've
1: got mixed emotions on that, you know, but uh, maybe that's another uh, that's another podcast uh, I'm, I'm I'm old school I'm partial I'm partial to the original top gun and uh so you want to bring maverick back and, and and do another another show you know but hey uh, that's Hollywood they want to do that but uh I, it's all good it's all yeah. good uh, yeah, whether I'll, I'll go see it or not I don't know but uh it's all good
0: Yeah, I tell you what, it was smoking hot around here. It was do the right thing hot in Indianapolis this past week. Man, it was smoking. Humidity was up. Oh, my goodness. Felt like I was in a a sauna uh, and walking through a a jet stream of water by just going outside. Man, it was bad. Real bad.
1: Wow. Yeah, Yeah. it was. You know, San Diego's got that moderate temperature. It was in the high 70s. Uh, not too hot, not too cool. Is is just sort of just right. It's perfect. <laughs> and, yeah, it's perfect. And uh, so I had, had a chance to 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 bask in that uh, environment for a few days and eat some good Mexican food, some good seafood, and uh, and now I'm back uh, in the Rocky Mountains, uh, the Pike Peaks, Pike's Peak region. Back at <laughs> uh, back at home for another exciting week to come. And um, if if we want to reflect on last week. There are a few things going on um, that we want to, you know, chit-chat about tonight and uh, enlighten a few folks on. And uh, we, we, we both grew up, you know, same time frame, We grew up uh, toward the end of the 50s. And we, um, you know, were in school during the 60s. A lot of the events that went on in the 60s, uh, Martin Luther King assassination, Bobby Kennedy, Um, Malcolm X though you know I was I was about nine eight or nine years old when Malcolm X was assassinated so those events uh, you know um, John F. Kennedy being killed in 63 I was in the first grade when that happened Mm -hmm. Uh, so but an event that took place that to this day I don't think a lot of people believe actually took place the 50 year anniversary of the moon landing was yesterday and uh 1969 july the 20th 1969 i was about 12 years old or getting ready to be 12 years old and uh but i remember that uh watching it on tv you know that one tv you had in your house uh, that everybody's glued to and i remember watching that as a kid and you know like you know it was really fascinating that wow man has really gone to the moon you know yeah yeah uh, it was like You know, you looked in the sky and you saw the moon and it looks close. But, you know, the fact that, you know, these guys blasted off in a rocket and went to the moon and a guy actually walked on the moon was incredible. And so to be a kid at that time, uh, a black kid uh, in small town America, you know, growing up there in E-Town, small, small town, um, it, it was like, wow,
0: this is this is pretty amazing. Yeah, I think everybody, I mean, all kids at that time uh, was looking at the stars. Everybody, I mean, all across the country, um, everybody was interested in the space program. Uh, The people in uh, West Virginia, you remember October Skies, you remember that? Yes, yes. You know, they used to have a big competition for high school kids and middle school kids to, uh, you know, come up and develop new rockets and so on. And and part of October Skies was uh, right here in Indianapolis, where uh, the main character came here to uh, uh, build a rocket and see if he could win a contest. So wow. yeah, growing growing up was everybody expected. You know it was just new to everybody you know when when we were growing up, you would hear sonic booms all the time, yeah, you know I mean any anytime any part of day, and you know living in etown we would also hear the guns go off at fort Knox yeah yep, you
1: right.
0: know the tanks the tanks would be out there doing you know shooting at stuff, right. and we would know the difference between a sonic boom and a tank just having maneuvers out there at Fort Knox. Because, yep. you know etown was what fifteen miles away from Fort yep, Knox, yep, but we yep, could yep. we could still hear. Hear those uh, tanks going off from from where we were. Yep. So yeah, growing up in the uh, '60s and this moon landing stuff and everything that went with it was just fascinating for for kids our age. Yeah,
1: and I and you remember you know you remember uh, going to uh, going to Morningside. I'm sure it was the same in Morningside. As the same it was at Valley View, and at TK stone once we you know our our per, per, you know our perspective elementary schools we migrated to TK stone uh, I remember you know that the astronauts taking off and them landing once they did their mission it was a huge thing I mean you actually watched that in school right. <laughs> you know? it was huge right. and it was it, w- it was one of those events. There, there are certain things in the history of this country that bring people together, that have brought people together. I think the space program was one of those things that brought people together in this country. And it made people realize that, you know, technology is a good thing. Technology can be used to advance our interest, uh, the national interest. And and I think the the, the Apollo, the Gemini, the Mercury missions – That We watched as kids uh, in school. It was a learning experience. It was part of culture and current events, that type of thing. Uh, Those events brought the country together. Right. And so, you know, the moon landing was another one of those events. You remember where you were, what you were doing type things. When Neil Armstrong stepped on the moon and said, you know, that's that's one one small feat for man and, and one giant leap for mankind. You remember that. That is something that you probably will never forget because of the significance of that event. So, yeah, 50 years ago yesterday, uh, man, well, Fifty years
0: uh, ago, that's right. Yeah, you know it, what? One It's a, a side note to that. Is that, you know, when we were growing up, we always wanted to see those things, you know, and you always saw it on TV. And every time that there was a space launch, whether it was Mercury or Gemini or Apollo, the TV always carried it live. Yes. Well, we were coming back from Florida uh, from a cruise and the space shuttle was going to be launched. And we were going to get back on a cruise like on June the 27th and then on July the 1st or somewhere around. there it was just like a day later. The space shuttle was going to go up. Well, growing up, I always wanted to see a launch of a space shuttle or a spaceship and so on. So I convinced Lynn and the, the kids that, hey, let's stay around here for another day and watch the space shuttle go up. And so, man, we hung out, and it's it's not like Apollo. It seemed like Apollo lasted. I mean, you could see that rocket. It was a slow thing that happened, and it was, right. you know, they followed it and so on. But when we went to see the space shuttle, and I forget which one it was, we were probably maybe 10 miles away from the launch pad. And it was hotter than hell. And, you know, we were waiting around. You know, I don't buy bottled water simply because I think it's stupid to buy bottled water when I can go to the, you know, faucet and get water. (laughs) It was so hot that I actually bought bottled water. And we were sitting there and, you know, you could see this. We couldn't even see the space shuttle. That's how far away we were. But they did the countdown and you could see clocks all over Cape Canaveral and so on. And then, um, five, four, three, two, one. And that thing just kind of popped up over the, over the trees and it was gone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I bet you 30 seconds in 30 seconds, we could not see it any further. Wow. It was, it was completely out of sight before the ground and the sound made it to where we were. Wow. That's how fast the space shuttle went up, man. It was gone in about 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, I was down at the Cape. Um, it was a few years ago.
1: I was down at the Cape just when they were doing a launch and it was a, um, I think it was a Saturn V launch of a satellite. And uh, we, were, we were a pretty good distance away from, uh, from the launch pad. But when that thing took off, a Saturn V, if you've never seen one, a Saturn V rocket is huge. Uh, if you ever get a chance to go to Huntsville, Alabama, uh, down um, Redstone Arsenal in Huntsville, they've got a, a museum there of all the vintage... Uh, spacecraft from Apollo, Mercury, they've got capsules, all that type of stuff. They got a mock-up of one of the space shuttles. But a Saturn V, man, when that thing took off, we were a good distance away from the launch pad, but the entire room was rattling. I mean, it you thought you were in an earthquake or something. It was mm-hmm. that awful. And uh, you mentioned the space shuttle. Uh, I was i was in the Air Force. Uh, I, was, I was on active duty uh, when the Challenger exploded. Right. And I was working. I worked in a at, at the base message center. So anything that went on on base or outside the base, uh, the messages came through this facility that we worked in. And this particular day uh, we were working and a message came across the printer because at the time I worked in a facility. There was no TV, there were no radios allowed. It was a closed building, no windows, no nothing like that. So but we got instantaneous um, updates with just about anything, and this particular day, the message kicked out on the teletype uh, that the Challenger space shuttle had exploded, and all the astronauts had been killed. Mm-hmm. And so I remember that like it was yesterday, you know, like it was yesterday. So it's it's another one of those events uh, that uh, you know, in the in the race for space, I think the U.S. Uh, took. Uh, president kennedy's creed uh, they took that they act on it they acted on it uh that by the end of the century we would land a man on the moon and we did that so that just shows you the ingenuity of americans what americans can do when they're united and um and i think uh that that is something that we can all rejoice and uh and be
0: glad about that uh, yes sir you know, hell, hell he, he he said yeah. by the end of the decade. Yeah, by yeah, it was the end of the decade, yeah. End of by the decade. Of the decade yeah. And then yeah. when we pull together, you know, just like the space program, we pull together, everybody is working together, we get things accomplished. Yeah. And when we pull apart, you know, we get nothing accomplished, right. you know, except divisiveness right. and so on. And right. so we could do the same thing today. All we have to do is decide the government, the state governments, federal government, if they want to say that we are going to go off the grid, we can do it. If yep. we want to have the world class super trains and super highways and infrastructure, we could do it yep. Yep. with with no question. If we're able to take, you know, our auto plants in the 1940s and convert them to making B-17 bombers. And we're making ships, you know, in, in seven days. We can do just about anything, but we have to be together to do that. Right. You're and the right. space program did that for us. Right. It absolutely
1: did. And, um, you know, that, that's probably a good point to segue into our next topic. We're talking about being united, but there have been some things going on that have uh, divided us. And one of the things that went on this week was the rally. Um, our uh, occupant of sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue had a rally in North Carolina a few nights ago, and during that rally, chance of send her back opened up. and this was in um, uh, in uh, relation to the four freshman senators. On um, The Democratic side of the House and the House of Representatives, um, Senator Omar, Representative Omar, Representative Presley, Representative Cortez, and Representative Talib, uh, the 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 chance of send her back. I just want to. I'd like to get your reflections on that because you know you and I again we we've mentioned it in previous podcasts. We were raised in small-town America. I think the values that we got growing up there in E-Town have served us well. Uh, We were taught to respect people, to treat people as we wanted to be treated. I know the one thing that my grandmother and my mother always said, if you don't have nothing nice to say about somebody don't open your mouth. <laughs> yeah, and I think certain people have forgotten that home training that they should have gotten when they were little kids because now that they're adults, they're acting like total jackasses. And so I'd like to get your reflections on the send her back chance that uh, that occurred this week.
0: Well, to make a long story short, <laughs> it's dumb. It's disrespectful. And it shouldn't take place. The only reason that it took place is that the occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue has no plan. He has absolutely nothing except he wants to be a showman. That's part of the show. The other thing that that goes along with that is the fact that uh, Representative Omar, who immigrated to the United States, had been a citizen uh, since 2002, I think it is. Mm -hmm. She immigrated here as an eight-year-old. Now, as far as I see, the occupant, at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, doesn't like anybody that opposes or says negative things about his administration, let alone criticize him or the people that he thinks we should be pandering to. It is, it makes no sense for them to chant, send her back. Where are they going to send her back to? Minnesota? <laughs> yeah. Send her back. You know, that is that is uh, a key word to say that we don't like you because you're not like us. Now, probably 90%. of the crowd that was at that rally wasn't like Representative Omar. And I think that somebody within the administration is the catalyst for that stuff. You know, I think that he has somebody that is, okay, when I say this, when I bring their names up, then I want you to do this. I want you to say, send her back. And then the crowd's going to get into it. And then I'm going to stand here like Mussolini, you know, bobbing his head up and down like a damn fool. (laughs) And look at me. And then he proceeds to lie about it the next day. Uh, I, I don't understand how small town America, and then these are most of the people that are, are are behind him in, in the in the red states, you know. Some of our friends that are back in E Town support him. Okay, I will support anybody that does that does the right thing, that does right things for the people. But all he does is cause chaos. He he is not a very bright man, intelligence wise. He's street smart. He's political smart. He's smart enough to know the temperature of people that are going to support him. And he knows how to use them. Okay. So when you start saying send them back or send her back, you know, that's, that's disrespectful. I mean, I could go on. I could go on. I can go on. I mean, uh, a lot of people like uh, Representative McCarty. I'm going to use him, for example. You know, he, he supports the president. You know, he's the uh, House minor- minority leader, and he's backing the, the guy at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Now, if I remember correctly from the potato famine, back when the huge numbers of Irish that came to the United States, people in this country, Protestants, didn't like those Irish that came here. Most of them because they were Catholic. All right. And so for someone of Irish descent to say, send them back. What does that say about the people that that were Irish that came here that the natives, the people of this country that were here, didn't like them? How would they feel now if they had turned that back? They didn't say that to them. Okay, I'm going to go a little bit further. They didn't say anything. To President Obama, they didn't support him at all. When every time that they said something about his detractors, these distractors they are, every time they said something about it was negative. He never said you're un-American because you criticize my my administration. He never said that. Nope. Okay. There's nobody that said that. We want to send you back to Ireland because uh, you are irish american and you dislike the president of the united states so those those things are just petty yeah. and the and the the occupant at 1600 pennsylvania avenue uh, he's just not a good leader not a good leader he's just it's all about him
1: yeah 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 it uh you you, you hit on a couple of things there fundamentally he's ignorant uh, fundamentally ignorant, because when when you utter a phrase such as "send them back," uh, it 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 you really don't know. I mean, you have to look at these four women. Where, as you mentioned, where are you sending them back to? They're U.S. citizens. I mean, where are you sending them back to? They're U.S. citizens, and so he must have missed that lesson uh, in American history that. The fabric of this country was built by all these different people who left oppressive situations, some voluntarily left, some were brought here involuntarily, involuntarily. But regardless, this country is made up of a diverse uh, spread of people all colors, all hues, all ethnicities. That is what makes America great. And he, for the life of me, does not get it. I don't know why he doesn't get that. So every time you you make a chant, uh, such as send her back and calling people out of their name and, and mocking people's names, it shows, one, how petty you are uh shows how ill-informed you are shows how ignorant you are and and if people are wondering we we call him the occupant in 1600 at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue i utilize that phrase because he's not any president that represents anything i stand for uh he does not represent anything that i stand for and i think a, a large population a large faction of americans they would say the same thing they might not want to come out in public and say it but behind closed doors they're probably echoing those same sentiments that this man does not represent anything that i or my family stand for so it's it's harmful uh, i read today that some cop somewhere uh threatened to shoot Aoc um, and and i mean this is dangerous because you're you're gonna your rhetoric could end up getting one of these women killed, and uh, and th- and that's that's who's leading this country. Well, and not even leading that that's who's occupying the chair because, as you said, he, he's not a real leader. And and the flip side of that is you've got people standing with him who, in their heart of hearts, know that this man is a liar. He is everything. He is dishonest. He is everything but a good person. And they continue to support him. The individual who really gets my ire up is uh, the former governor of your of, of Indiana is Pence. <laughs> you know, he continues oh, to rile me because he is the one always touting his Christian beliefs. But apparently you've never read your Bible because if you had, you would realize that. Jesus Christ never called anybody out of their name. He never maligned anybody. He never did anything in his name that would cause someone to feel less than they were. Did he rebuke people for certain things? Absolutely. But he never made anyone in his teachings made anyone feel less than than and that is what you've got going on right now but you as someone who's always touting their christian faith you can't stand up and speak out against it so to me you're just as bad as he is you're hypocritical you're just as bad as he is so
0: well i mean to be honest i mean you got two guys that are made for one another one is well i I should say they're both they're both punks (laughs) <laughs> okay. The occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue is he's a coward. Okay? To me, he's he's the guy who's because his daddy gave him 400 million dollars and he's never had to really work for anything. He's the guy that will as growing up, he would have the football the baseball the basketball the tennis courts and everything and invite you over to his house and say hey we're going to come play softball or baseball or whatever and then when he starts losing he says you guys get out of my house you guys leave because i don't like you anymore okay i i I would probably bet that he's never been in a (laughs) fistfight if he has been in a fistfight he's probably bullied somebody that is a Weakling, or that is um, has something that he can bully. Right. All right? That's how he is. He's never really fired anybody. His administration is completely terrible. How yeah. many people has gone to jail? How many people has been indicted? How many people has left his administration? Yep. We could probably say hundreds. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So he's a coward. Yeah. Our, our former governor of Indiana, you know. With his Christian beliefs, the reason that the occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue chose him is to really make fun of him. (laughs) That's what I believe. I'm going to choose him because he is a punk. Mm. Right. So when he was going through, I'm going to choose a vice presidential candidate. And so on. why did he choose him? Because he's a punk. And the people of Indiana didn't want him. I mean, at the the, the governor's mansion, if you drove down Meridian Street near the governor's mansion, you saw on all sides of the governor's mansion signs in the yards that said, Pence must go. Wow. So he's not beloved in the state of Indiana. Okay? He's not. You know, some people, because he's a Republican, They beloved him because, you know, regardless of what they do, we're going to vote for that group. Right. Same way. Same way with some Democrats. As long as regardless of what he does, I'm going to vote for him because the other guys are Democrats. You know, uh, Pence is horrible. You know, he goes he goes down to uh, a facility where they're holding these kids. And people are having masks on. The smell in there is is awful. Yep, yep. He's in there for a minute and a half. The funk is so bad. He's in there for a minute and a half. And then he comes out and says, we're doing such a great job providing for these kids, providing for these men, providing. Yep. Because he's too much of a punk. To say that well you know i'm the vice president and you know and and regardless they probably will not that's just how it is you don't tell your boss you don't kind of go against your boss i understand that but for someone to be as christian as he is mm-hmm. and moral as he is why would you remain in that position right if you don't like what he he's doing give up the position Right. Right. You know, but his yeah. thing is his thing is that he thinks he's going to be president. See, he took the job. This is my this is my he took the job knowing that the occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue is not going to last his term. Mm. And that, that think, may be true. <laughs> think about it. He, he knew that he was he is so bad. He's such a horrible person that there's no way that he's going to last. As as the leader. So therefore, if I'm the second guy, that means I'm going to be because otherwise he's not going to be president. It's not going to happen. But if the if if the occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue gets into trouble and he's removed from office, I'm going to be the next president. Mm -hmm. So that's why he to me, that's why he chose that spot, because. He knows how horrible that guy is, and he figures that this will be my only chance to occupy the office. Mm. Those are just my
1: thoughts. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and two, you, you've you you've sold your soul to the devil, so to speak, um, because this man is terrible. And again, I mean, I don't see how you can stand up there with a straight face and tout your Christian beliefs and every day— you've got to stand there. This man lies. He maligns people. He is all about dividing the nation instead of bringing people together. I mean, Christianity is about love. It's about acceptance. Uh, It's about, you know, yes, you do rebuke people. When you see that they're in the wrong, the Bible says that you are to rebuke a brother in the hopes that they will come back and get their life back in in line. He does none of that. He continuously applauds this man. He's at his rally supporting him. He couldn't even say with a straight face today when questioned on one of the news shows that, you know, why didn't the president do something about the people chanting, send her back? And he said, well, you know, he tried. (laughs) Lie. (laughs) <laughs> and lie yeah. and then he said well the next time he is around he might do something about that what he might do something about it i mean that's that's the 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 hypocrisy of this entire administration is that people have sold their soul to the devil they are going to hell with him their hell has a place prepared for all these people who cannot find the courage to say, Mr. Occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, you are wrong and you need to change your ways. None of them have the moral conviction to do so. So they're all hypocrites. And in my opinion, they're all destined for hell. Hell has a place for people who continuously support uh, the degeneration of people, the maligning of people, Everything that makes people feel less than, belittles them, that's what's going on every day in this country. And people are condoning that. And God does not like ugly. I think that's a that's a Roberta Flack song from back in the day. God does not like ugly. And uh, and and as they say, uh, judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. So. Segue to another topic since we're talking about cowards and hypocrisy. Our other senator in Kentucky, oh Lord, Rand Paul—he
0: should be uh, ran out of town.
1: Yeah, I, I, I've never been a Rand Paul fan, uh, but this week I—I I, I have no respect for him. If I had any, I, I have none now. I, I didn't have any before, but I'm—he's way down on the totem pole now because. You voted against reauthorizing the bill that would continuously fund the, uh, the money that goes to the survivors of 9-11. Those family members, uh, the first responders who put their lives on the line for this country on September the 11th, 2001, you don't have the moral courage to approve that bill. If that is not a coward, I don't know what is. So your your reflections on that.
0: Well, you know, Kentucky's batting a thousand. <laughs> you know, if this is a baseball game man, they're batting a thousand. They got two losers right there as senators. <laughs> and Rand Paul, you know, it's it's amazing that he's he's in the position that he's in. Because number one, he's kind of like a carpetbagger who moved into the state of Kentucky and, and won the uh, uh, senator's job, only because the, a red state's just going to vote for somebody that's 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 red, you know, for the most part. And then you have these individuals, these first responders, as you said, that have are, are battling horrific, you know, cancers and, and illnesses for working uh, around that rubble and they lost their lives and so on. And how many of them has come down with all types of, of of cancer and so on. And it's, it's, it's felt, it's going to fund them uh, until all those survivors are gone. And he refuses to do that. You know, that's, that's totally wrong is inappropriate. And uh, one of these days, he it's going to come back on him. Oh yeah! It, it's 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 a shame that you know we revere you know the responders of 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 uh, September the 11th. And one of his issues is that we're spending money on these people that should be helping themselves. Well. The government just wasted what we're two trillion dollars in debt since yep. the the tax yep. holiday that they gave to all the, the wealthiest people. Yep. Yep. you know we we're, we're 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 the deficit has exploded because we've given these tax breaks to the richest few, and the common man is being left out of that. Yep, absolutely. You know, so that's something that he should, uh, another reason why he should go along with that, because most of those firefighters, most of those first responders, police, security, and all those people, they're not making billions of dollars a year. You know, most of them are, are, most, I don't know too many firefighters that doesn't have a second job. Yep, yep. Okay. And so those are the people that they should support. But yet, you know, we'll give tax breaks to the very, very wealthy. And then everybody else will go, well, he did gave a great tax break. Well, hell, you're not getting the tax break. Right. You right. Know, and if you get if you get a tax break, it's not a lot. Right. You know, right. I think I think for me, the tax break that I got. $24. I figured it out. $24. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell is that? That's not even going to give me a tank of gas. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think when we looked at ours, it, it was somewhere in the $20 <laughs> range is what we ended up actually getting. So it, it did not help the common man, as you say. But you blindly voted for that. You blindly voted for that. But you can't find the moral uh, intestinal fortitude to say, look, We've had we got people on that day who ran blindly into those towers. They didn't they didn't question. They donned their equipment and they ran into those buildings. And a lot of people lost their lives when those buildings came down. A lot of people, like you say, they're sick today. They're probably not going to live. Um, you know what their life expectancy would be. Their life expectancy is going to be curtailed because they breathe in all those fumes and, and whatever else was down there. And now they're sick. And when it's time for the government to render the level of respect that is due, you've got this clown who won't cast a vote in the positive to do the right thing. And that that is That is the whole, um, looking for the right word, We, we, we have a bunch of cowards in our government, man, across the board, cowards. They will not do the right thing when it's so easy to do so. And again, it comes back to that Christian values thing. The Bible is clear when it says when it's in your hand to do good by people, you should do so. And it's in the hands of people like Rand Paul and Mitch McConnell and McCarthy and all these other people. It's in your hand to do the right thing. And for whatever reason, you will not do it. You are a coward. And I like your word. You're a punk. You are a punk and a coward. And if, and if, you, if you can't do that, then why are you in, in a position of leadership Within this country, you need we need to send you back to wherever your state go back to where you came from and do whatever you were doing before the people elected you because you are not serving the people. And that is what is wrong with this country right now. You got a lot of people who are serving only themselves and the people can go to hell. That is what's going on. And it's appalling. And so our two senators from our former home state. They are cowards. They will not do the right thing. And uh, it's it's going to come back on them. And I hope I am alive to see it because I want to see it. I want to see Mitch McConnell get his comeuppance and I want to see Rand Paul get his as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think the other thing is that it goes the other way as well. You know, the people on the opposite side, we have to find a way to work together. You know, and all this divisiveness and hatred hatred that's uh that's taking place, they need to work together. I mean, we can get many things accomplished if we pull together. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. and when whenever the other power, whenever the other party is in office, you gotta you have to do the right thing to help yeah. America yeah. out. Yeah. Okay. You just can't yeah. go into your corner and say, I'm only gonna do this and then the other guy go into their corner and say that we're just going to do that, someone somewhere down the line is going to have to do like it used to be when we were growing up, when people had to work together. Yep. Okay, they didn't have to agree, but they worked together for the common good. Right. I mean, just just think of it when, and in 1964, uh, Lyndon Johnson, who was a southerner, who gave a speech and used the words we shall overcome? Yep. That yep. took a lot of guts. That took a lot of, of, of balls yep. for a southerner <laughs> to say that. Yep. But he is, you know, but Lyndon Johnson was Lyndon Johnson. He didn't take any crap from just about anybody. And he timid- intimidated most of the House and the Senate. Yep. And so, but still you know, he came to that point where he says we have to get this Civil Rights Act passed or the Voting Rights Act passed because it's what's best for the country. Right. right. And we don't have that today.
1: We, we we, do not have any leaders like that. There, well, I'll take that back. There may be a few people, but their voices are drowned out by the other crap that's going on. You know, they are willing to say, look, this is what we got to do. And and you've got you've got some people in the in the the House. You've got some people in the Senate who are willing to do that. But they don't make the news. They don't get the headlines. It's the people who are standing in the way of progress in this country. I think they have forgotten. They have forgotten why they were elected in the first place. They've forgotten the fact that government is of the people. By the people, for the people. They
0: have forgotten that. You know, they, they've replaced <laughs> that with, uh, I am going to get money from the lobbyists. Yep. I'm going to get money from the special interest. I'm going to get money so I can be reelected. That's all yep. they – term ter- term limits would be the, the best oh, thing absolutely. for this Congress. Absolute term limits.
1: Term limits. You got to go. When your time is up. And, it, you know, I, there's there's one of my favorite movies, man, is Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Absolutely. Um, Jimmy's Stewart in it. You know, you went, you went and served. And when you were done, you went back to whatever your job was before you served. But, you know, you had an infinite amount of time, a finite amount of time to say, look, I'm going to be a congressman for four years or six years. And then I'm I'm going back to the pharmacy. I'm going back to the grocery store. Wherever I came from, I'm going back to that. Why? Because now you've been up there. You've seen how government works. You may have been able to do some things to help people. You can take that knowledge back, put that back into your communities, and make them better. And that we 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 have turned this into. Let's see how rich I can get. Exactly. You know, screw the people, uh, but. I wish at some point we the people could say, you know what, we're not taking this crap no more. We are fed up with you and we are taking the government back. It is it's supposed to be by us for us. We're taking it back. And I wish we could get to that point. I yeah, wish
0: I mean could. I would give I would <laughs> give the House of Representatives you get you get six terms. Yep. You get twelve years. That's it. Senate, you get Three terms, you get eighteen years. Your ass is out of there. You're out. Yep, you're out. That's it. I mean, twelve years and eighteen years, three terms. Yep. That's enough. That's it. So, uh, yep. Mitch, uh, Yertle, is yep. he's he's in there for thirty four years. He's yeah. working on his th- he's working on his sixth term. Right,
1: right. And and is and is the biggest obstructionist uh, in, in the government right now. We 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 talked about him last week. Uh, I don't, I don't want to spend a lot of time on no, it, yeah. but as you say, Kentucky- well, let's
0: let's let's look at one thing. I, I read this okay. just the other day in the eight years that the President Obama was in office. He had, uh, I think, 140 some people that were represented for federal judges appointed, being recommended. You know how many Mitch McConnell? Mitch McConnell? Appointed, allowed to happen. Probably two. (laughs) A little bit more than that. He allowed 41 in eight years. Wow. Eight years. The present occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue has been in office for a little over two years. You know how many appointments Mitch McConnell has allowed in less than three years? Speak on it. 119. Wow. In Gee. two years. Gee. <laughs> 40 years, in eight years, 41. That's obstruction. Wow. Okay. Wow. And 119 in a little over two years. Wow. Disappointed. He's allowed. It,
1: it, it is. It is extremely disappointing. And the fact that you... And and to me, and I, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I, I don't care who 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 cares or who doesn't care, whatever. The eight years under President Obama were they perfect? No, they were not. However, in eight years, you had no scandal. You you didn't have a you didn't have any other crap that's going on now for eight years. People could be proud of this country, both here. And abroad, you know? And we are now the laughing stock of the world because of the individual who occupies 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. But in eight years, no scandal, nothing to disgrace this country, nothing of the sort. But yet, you, Mitch McConnell, you block this man at every turn. You and your cronies blocked everything that this man wanted to do. One of the biggest things, and I remember from one of his um, State of the Union addresses, he actually talked about infrastructure plan. To get the country working, we need to to put the work into our bridges, our roads. The infrastructure in this country is decrepit. But no one on the Republican side of, of the Senate would give in to that. And so me looking at it, The only reason why you were denying this man the opportunity to move forward was the color of his skin. There, I said it. And that's what I believe. I will go to my grave believing that, that a lot of the things that he was not able to do was because people were against him because he was a black man in the White House, period. And and, and I'll leave it there. But uh, the fact that, you know, the people who are getting a lot of the publicity here this last week was— a senator from Kentucky, and the individual who garners a lot of the spotlight in the Senate is the senator from Kentucky. So we've got two uh, really, uh, you know, great people representing the state of Kentucky, and they're both losers. <laughs>
0: hey, but the state still votes for them, man. I don't you know, know how. I don't know why. Just because he got an R in front of the name, I guess. You know.
1: Yeah, the state still still votes
0: for them. So, yeah.
1: so um, transitioning. Uh, to uh, to another topic, we want to you know shed a few uh, shed some light on tonight is um, this week uh, the cop who uh, choked Eric Garner was found not guilty, and I believe well he wasn't going to be prosecuted he wasn't going to be prosecuted yeah and uh, I think one of the reasons that the judge gave was that the the hold that he used did not cause him to suffocate. I believe that was the verbiage I saw. Yeah. And I'm like, the man is yelling, I can't breathe. So why do you think he's saying, I can't breathe? You obviously are restricting his airway in some form or fashion. And the video shows you're choking this guy. Right. You're choking this guy. And so I, I, I don't know what it's going to take or what what does it take in this country for a cop to be convicted of killing someone, yeah well I mean I, I want to know what does it take because we've got example after example after example that all the cop has to say is, "I feared for my life," and somehow that exonerates them from killing someone uh, right you know, where people can see it. we've got the video, uh, Philando Castile, Eric Garner. Uh, the, the gentleman down in, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, who was running from the cop and the cop shoots him in the back. Uh, the young lady down in Dallas, I think in, I think it's in Dallas. Apparently she thought she went into the wrong apartment and killed the guy. I haven't heard anything being done to her. You know, you killed this man in his apartment and you had the nerve to say, Oh, I thought I was in the wrong apartment. I mean, come on, this is, this is getting ridiculous. That it appears that cops will never be convicted for killing uh, citizens, and just so happens
0: a lot of these citizens that are getting killed are black yeah yep uh, it's 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 unfortunate that I think what happened with the the police officer up in New York is that not only was he not uh, going to be tried for Um, causing Eric Garner's death. But I think the Attorney General of the United States had played a role in that, is that the prosecutor in New York wanted him to be uh, put on trial. And then I think the Attorney General literally came in and said that we're going to get rid of this case. We're not doing it. Over the objection of the state officials, and, and
1: by the attorney you were attorney general of the United States, we're talking about Mr. Barr, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, another winner. Yeah. So, um, I mean, uh, it's 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 sad, and uh, you know, if this was a different time period or a different place, you know, a lot of these things would be met with. A different attitude. You know, you can only you can only take so much. You know, and, you know. Once again, going back to Langston Hughes, a, "A Dream Deferred." Yep. You know, the last part of that that poem is that you know, uh, a dream deferred is you know people are going to sooner or later are going to rise up, and you know. Possibly uh, do some things that's going to make people think about these these things and then the, these excuses of I fear for my life, you know. That's that needs to be that needs to be challenged.
1: Yep, yep, you know? yep. I, I I do think that revolution. That uh, Gil Scott Heron spoke about. Yes, uh, sir. The revolution will not be televised. I don't yes, know. Yes, sir. We got cell phones mm-hmm. now. Everything. The revolution is definitely going to be on Instagram.
0: But and you got to remember, Gil yeah. Scott. We're talking back in the seventies, and we it wasn't, it wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, know. just you know, let's go back to Gil Scott Heron and, and anybody <laughs> that's that's listening to the podcast. You know, you want to listen to uh, an individual that's a poet yep. laureate. <laughs> and a musician and so on, go back and listen to some of the, the politics or the poems that he wrote. Yeah. The Revolution Will Be Televised. Yeah. The H2O the <laughs> Blues, one of <laughs> my favorites. The <laughs> Watergate Blues. The H2O Watergate Blues is one <laughs> yes. of my favorites. Yes. And it breaks, yes. it breaks down yes. uh, what President Nixon did. Yes. And he, he brings it to a point where... Yes. It's it's man, this makes sense. And it's it's all musical. It's, you know, it's one of those Gil Scott Heron is a master in dealing with political uh, uh, entree. Oh, uh, speaking of that, there's a I don't know if you know it, but there's a uh, either Netflix or Amazon Prime or something that that goes to New York and talks to Gil Scott Heron. Oh, yeah, it's it's excellent. It's about an hour or so, and it he basically is on stage going through, you know, the revolution will be televised and he sings yeah. angel, angel dust and stuff okay. like that. But you find that, man, it's he goes okay. to his neighborhood and he says, "This is where this is happening and so on. Just excellent, very right. good.
1: Yeah. yeah. Love, love yeah. Gil Scott Heron, man. I I got turned on to Gil Scott Heron when I was uh I was going to ECC, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. I was going to going to ECTech as they called it back in the day. <laughs> and uh met this brother there, man. His name was Johnny Gordon. And uh Johnny Gordon is one of those guys, every, I think every college campus has one of those guys. They're the older student on campus. Mm-hmm. They, they've they got all the knowledge, you know what I'm saying? And they want to dispense that knowledge to the younger brothers and the sisters on campus. Well, that was Johnny Gordon, man. And uh, he he had an apartment over in Ratcliffe. And um, he, he hooked up with myself, Tony, and there was a couple other folks he, well, that that we hung out with Johnny. But he started, man, talking to us about a lot of things that were you know, black consciousness. And, right. And one of the things he's like, man, you guys need to listen to this dude. And it was Gil Scott Heron. And oh, the yeah. first time I heard the revolution will not be televised, I'm like, what the hell is this? Man? <laughs> you know, It was like, wow. And then the H2O Watergate blues and he has a song called um, winter in America, man. Yes. Yep. Wow. Yes. You know, so, so big props to Gil Scott Heron. Uh, I, I think he is a legend, man, legend in his own time. So. And a lot
0: of a lot of young people don't know anything about him, you know. No, no. It's it's one of those things that he he milks the social consciousness yeah. and he makes you think, you know. Yeah. And and I think to some people today, which is fading away, I think Tupac was exactly the same way. Yes. It's just that, you know, he used different verbiage and so on, but Tupac brought things out that made you think. This is what life is. This is what's happening in my community and this is how you do it. But Gil Scott Heron, as a poet, Man, yep. he was he was he was the bomb. He still I still listen to Gil Scott oh, yeah. all the time.
1: Yeah, I, I got a Gil Scott Heron playlist on my iPod. And, right, yeah, uh, and I can turn on and listen to him, man. And you, the message is just like, wow, he lays it all out for you. Yeah, you just gotta like, okay, just sit and listen. He's gonna he's gonna reveal the story to you, right? And, and I I totally agree with you with Tupac. Is that Tupac? I think Tupac got caught up uh and what was going on in the hip hop game at the time and it cost him his life. But I think Tupac out of out of a lot of the people out here, I mean, Talib Kweli is good, uh, most deaf, and, and a lot of people in in that genre that that's, you know, try to keep the black consciousness um, you know, rap going. But Tupac was he was that guy that could be, you know, sort of compared to Gil Scott Heron. And uh it's too bad that uh you know circumstances cost him his life right because I think if he were alive right now, can you imagine some of those some of the songs that Tupac would be putting out right now
0: yeah, just reality you know putting in the put it in our our conscious america's yeah, yeah. conscious
1: yeah. oh man and and you don't you only hear a few people actually rapping about the social conditions of America right now it's it's not happening it's right. not Happening. And and that's what uh, that's sort of what turns me off of hip hop, is that you know nobody's rapping about only a few people again Talib Kweli, uh, uh, Q-Tip occasionally you know he hasn't put out th- anything in a while. Uh, but that level of of social consciousness in hip hop, it's it's severely lacking these days. So, yeah. so we, we we went down a rabbit hole a little bit, but I think it was it was important because of what we are talking about. That uh, you know, think change is coming, and it, it's going to be swift, and uh, we just got to be ready for it. And uh, exactly, I think it's coming. So,
0: and we and we can't settle for the status quo.
1: No, no,
0: no. I mean Martin it, Luther it, King Jr. Didn't settle for the status quo, yep. you know. Malcolm X didn't settle for the status quo, nope. you know. There, we, we have to continue to move forward, and sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable yep. to make to yep. make those moves.
1: Yep, and I, I think you know you you mentioned Dr. King. I, th- I think it goes back to the line um, in his speech, the "I Have a Dream" speech, where it says, "I hope one day that America." can live out its creed. And and we are failing miserably on that right now. We are not living up to the creed of America. And and that is, you know, bring me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses. Bring, yeah, we want you to come here because we know America gets better when we have the influx of ideas, we have the influx of different cultures, it what It is what makes America great. It is what has made America great. And so, you know, the, the I think I mentioned before, on our currency, e pluribus unum, out of many one, we have forgotten that. We are trying so hard, certain people are trying so hard to divide us. And at the end of the day, if people just stop, take a deep breath, and look at what's going on, you realize that we all want the same thing, we all desire the same things. We just have to find a way, as Rodney King says, "Can we all just get along?" That is that is what I wish would happen. Can we all just get along? But factions don't want that to happen,
0: and we're treading on thin ice. And you know, so, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna switch this gear real quick. Okay, and, and that is, I think. What has happened also is that there's a certain segment of society that has always wanted to bitch and complain about stuff, and they didn't have a voice to do it. Now they've got a voice to do it. That's sitting in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And so, you know, as as we grew up and as we became young adults and went into the military and so on... You know, people would kind of hold back on that, you know, but now you got somebody to say it's OK to do that. It's yeah. OK to say that. And that's why it's coming out now that, you know, yeah. let's send them back. They're not afraid of that anymore. You shouldn't have to say it in the first place. But now they've got somebody saying that, yeah, let's. Let's go ahead and do it. We're not afraid. Politically correct. That's, that sucks. And let's say what's really what's on our mind. Right. right. Well, for some people, you're going to say what's on your mind and you're going to get your ass kicked. Yep, absolutely. I mean, that, that's going to happen. Yep. So I think that's a lot of it as well. So I, I didn't mean to get off track there, nope, but no, that, it, that, that, that just popped in my head that, nope. that uh, that's what's going on as nope, well. That,
1: that is quite timely, and uh, I'd like to add some to that. Is I, I have a saying, and I'm thinking about I'm thinking about putting this on a T-shirt, <laughs> and 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 making it like you know buy my T-shirt. And the saying is, just because you have the right does not mean it's right. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and I think that sums up, uh, you know, that discussion that, you know, we've been talking about is just because we have a lot of rights in America. But it don't mean it's right that we do a lot of the things that we do in this country to people and, and, and to situations and whatnot. Just because we have the right does not mean it's right.
0: You know, we, we think a lot, a lot, man. I, I swear, because I've always told this to my kids at school and at home. You know, when they turn 21, whatever, I said, just because you can don't mean that you have to. Right.
1: Right. This right.
0: Is, it's basically we're saying the same thing. We're just right. saying it two different ways.
1: Right. And, and I think as we as we as we go back, you know, those small town values that we got. You on Mile Street, me in the bottom. Those small town values we got from the Sunday school teachers, from the school teachers, from the coaches we had. We are who we are today because those values were ingrained to us, and we've tried to live our lives according to that. In the way in which we treat people, the way we treat each other, the way we conduct ourselves when we're out, you know, we remember to this day. I'm out. I'm I'm a grown man. I'm going to be 62 years old here in a few weeks. But you know what? I tried to live my life so that no one can say I saw your son out there doing A B C D, or he said. That, yeah this person. Why? It might get back to my mom and my daddy. And I don't want to, them to be embarrassed by something that I did out here acting a fool. So right. small town values, you know what? There's something to be said about them. They stay with you. And if if, if you live by them, I think your life can be fantastic, man. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, so that sounds good. Sounds good. So the last topic we want to hit on, we're a little bit past the top of the hour, is the situation going on with ASAP Rocky, and um, you know ASAP Rocky. For those of you listening to the podcast who don't know who ASAP Rocky is, ASAP Rocky is a rapper, and what a lot of you know, there are a lot of these ASAP. Rappers out there, there's ASAP Ferg, there's ASAP Rocky, there's a couple of ASAP rappers. They use that moniker, but ASAP Rocky right now is in a Swedish prison. And if you if you know that if you read check up on the story if you've been following it, uh, he came out of a club in Stockholm. Um, a couple of nights ago, some individuals were following him. He requested, like, hey, guys, you know, why are you following us? We don't want to get into an issue with you. But someone pushed one of his entourage and a fight broke out. They were supposedly defending themselves. But the Swedish police... Arrested ASAP Rocky and he's sitting in a Swedish prison right now. And I think what the news said was he's in solitary confinement. And so a lot of people are trying to win his release. The Swedish government just isn't giving in. So I don't know if this is a case of we're going to make an example of the black rapper. I don't know if that's it. I'm not sure why this is such a big um, issue for the Swedish government. Our president, now let me take that back. The The occupant, occupant sixteen hundred
0: Pennsylvania
1: Avenue, (laughs) sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue, is said he's going to try to intercede on his behalf. I'm skeptical of that because even if he does, he'll take that and he'll say, "Look what I did for you, black people. Mm -hmm. I got ASAP Rocky released from prison." Thinking somehow that's going to win our loyalty to him, I think not. So, what what are your thoughts on on the situation?
0: Well, I'm a, I'm gonna take it from, from the last the last point. I, I know that Aesop Rock is in the in in prison in Solitaire, but I'm gonna look at the last last thing that you said. The occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue is gonna try to use that just to make himself look good, or yeah. as as Spike Lee calls him, Agent Orange. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a good one. Props to Spike for that. Yeah, yeah, give props to him that, you know, because the Russians got him in his pocket, that's for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So he's gonna use that as a way of like you said, to try to, you know, look what I've done for this guy and he doesn't give a crap about him. You know he doesn't. No. You know, I mean, why would the Swedish government listen to him when he's done everything to benign them you know right right. and 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 so on and if they do release and they're probably gonna release him anyway so right you know he's gonna he always wants to be in the middle of everything he always wants to take credit you know if if jb smooth said something that was negative about him he's gonna come back at jb smooth right you know so he has to be in everybody's business and that's why he's a punk (laughs) You know, he can sit back in his in his bathrobe and tweet about something that he has no idea about. And his millions of followers are going to go, look what he just tweeted. What a great thing, you know, and he's not going to confront anybody, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, he he will use it for his advantage. And that's that's a shame. The guy needs the guy needs to be released. Yeah. You know, let him back. He's defending himself. There's a video that shows he's defending himself. Yeah. The Swedish government needs to release him. Otherwise, then somebody in the American government, you know, the uh, Swedish ambassador, U.S. ambassador to Sweden, someone needs to intercede. Yeah. But keep yeah. Agent Orange out of it. Yep.
1: Yep. 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 I I would rather the hip hop community as a whole. Galvanize the support uh, for ASAP Rocky, you know, and and put the pressure on the State Department to hey do something. But uh, we do not want the occupant of sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue having anything to do with this, because um, as you said, he will turn it on himself and say, "See, look what I did," and somehow we black folks are going to be beholden to him, and and I, I don't want that at all because. Uh, you know, he's already said, you know, what do we got to lose? We live in poverty. Our schools are this. or that. You know, he's already told us what he thinks about us. He's already told us what he thinks about us, the way he treated Central Park Five. So him getting involved in this, it's just another one of him, you know, turn the spotlight on me. So,
0: well, hell, he's told his own supporters, Wayne, that, you yeah. know, back in the 80s, if I run for president, I'm going to run as a Republican. Yeah. And he was a Democrat because yeah. why? Because those people listen to Fox News all the time yeah. and they're listening. They are believing any damn thing they say. So I'm just going to make those people look stupid. Yeah. And guess what? They fell yeah. right into it. Yeah. Just, yeah. just because he had an R behind his name. Right. You know, just because he's you know, they talk about the the Midwest talks about the East Coast elite and so on. Well, guess who in the hell the occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania <laughs> Avenue is? He's an East Coast elite. He's that's, a Democrat.
1: That's right. Okay? Always has been.
0: Always. Always has been. You know, and people <laughs> like our vice president, you know, who's, as we mentioned earlier, you know, so moral. I mean, here's a guy who's had three wives. He's fooled around with them. He's had an affair with and paid. Paid women. Yep. Two three hundred thousand dollars. Yep. But that's okay. Yep.
1: Yeah. don't, don't uh, I, we
0: need to Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, we're getting to the top of the hour. We're we're, I, we're a little I, bit past
1: them. We're all, <laughs> we're getting close to the bottom of the hour because <laughs> you know. uh, because the discussion has been so lively tonight.
0: Yeah. And
1: um, you know, I think it was good. I think the topics we covered tonight were uh they were timely. They were uh, you know, what's happening right now. There's a lot of uh attention uh focused on some of the topics that we hit on tonight and um i, I thought the dialogue was great and uh the opinions expressed were uh were were were, were dead on in a lot of cases dead on
0: oh, absolutely. so
1: so uh that said uh we want to encourage you to keep listening to the across the tracks podcast and if you have any ideas for topics um, hit us up on the Facebook page, send us a text or whatever. Uh, but we, we love to hear the comments and we love to have you continuously supporting the podcast. So we're uh, small,
0: but we're powerful.
1: We're small, but powerful. Absolutely.
0: And we're having fun doing what we
1: do. We're having fun doing it. Two small town guys. Two 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 guys from small town America and that small town happens to be Elizabeth, Elizabeth town, Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah, A shout out detail. to shout out to our class of nineteen seventy five. They understand the, the reunion for next year is underway. I'm looking forward to that. So shout out to our classmates in the class of nineteen seventy five.
0: 75, we're going to be 45 years next year. 45 years, man. Hey, man, I I think a parting shot here. I think they need a DJ for our reunion. Oh, really? What do you think? I'm down,
1: man. <laughs> I'm down, you know, because uh, you know, all all, all, the, all that good stuff we listened to back in the day, man. Grand Funk and, and Peter Frampton and Average White Band, all that stuff. Hey, I listen to that stuff every day.
0: Every <laughs> so, day. so,
1: yeah, I, if you talk to the committee, they need someone,
0: hey, I'm down, man. I, I figured you would be, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, then. Well, I'm Steve. And I'm Wayne. That's across the tracks. All right. <laughs>